All right, y'all are clearly a couple. Who, who, who's the guy in her life that you hate? It's her best friends. Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, this and uh, what's the billiard game y'all do that sounds like a brand of cookies? Snooker? That's it. That's the one. Yeah, boy, I'd love to curl up on a couch under a weighted blanket, watch you got mail, and devour a box of snookers. <laughs> See what we got here. Hey, there it is. <gasps> Ken? Just when I thought it was impossible to find a 30-something named Ken. Oh, I think he looked younger than 30. Fuck off, Alexis. Shame! 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 This is why you can't be going around telling your girlfriends how good your man's dick is. Because she's up to be like, hmm. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rain on Your Parade with J.L. Covan. I'm J.L. Covan. What a coincidence. Happy to have you here. And uh, I'm sitting here in studio, as always, with uh, producer Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello, J.L. How you doing? I'm all right. Please don't talk to me that much next time. Thank you. We have a show to do. Um, I'm excited for today's episode because it's uh, the main topic today is something near and dear to my heart. Um, the destruction of comedy from uh, nice things. Yeah, thank you. Comedy, comedy, a Trojan horse known as nice comedy has embedded itself into the broader comedy world. And it's starting to skew people's, and I think it began, it, it went into overdrive during the pandemic, or the pandemic may have really started it. And I know there was need for good, heartfelt content during that horrible time in this country. Um, email soon coming in. Actually, the pandemic's not over yet. Shout out to the few fans who write to me still when I have a show coming up and they go, I'd love to do it, but I'm not doing live events yet, JL. Hashtag the pandemic's not over. And Are I go, people still not? Well, the people who follow me, <laughs> oh, no. they find any excuse not to pay money to see me do things. <laughs> so apparently, you know, what pandemic are we talking about? You know, yeah. like, like, is it 1984 and you don't know if AIDS can catch, you can catch it by shaking hands. Yeah, right. Um, and don't get me wrong. You be as safe and as reclusive as you want to be, but please don't use it as an excuse for why you're not attending my show. Like, Dale, I'd come, but, uh. Well, th well, then you're never going to see me live. That's right. okay. So, so we don't have to do this dance every six months when I'm in your town. Uh, <laughs> just say, JL, I don't like you very much. Yeah. I'm not just, I, don't I don't respect you as a human or your business. <laughs> right. So pass. Yeah. Um, but I do have some gigs coming up. Speak of the devil. Um, September 15th and 16th, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. To, I, I, I play very well out there. Um, and then October 20th flappers in Burbank, two shows. And then we're working on other shows in Pittsburgh and various cities, but odds are most of those will fall through. So when people ask me my favorite thing, also, I have a lot of favorite things that fans do. It's, it's a 900 way tie. But when I get the, like, I'm in Harrisburg, you know, uh, West Texas and Seattle, people are like, what about Denver? Yeah, no, I'm definitely skipping Denver on purpose. <laughs> I have a real strategy to my career. It's go to two obscure places and one major city 3,000 miles from home. Right. That's, that's the booking strategy. So I'm sorry that your major American city with multiple comedy clubs didn't fit into my master plan. No, no. If you live in a city in this country with a comedy venue, if they book me, I'll be there. 
if I'm not there, it's because they haven't booked me. I am not. I would love to be in a just world where I make all the decisions about my comedy career. Like I'm a very good comedian with a lot of followers on social media and a shit ton of comedy content. I want to perform in these 45 places and then two of them get back to you. So, yeah. you know, just a word to the wise. And of course, though, here's the catch 22. I don't know if it's a catch 22. The people who need to hear this definitely don't listen to my podcast. Yeah. They're the ones who come to see me deliver a fucking powerhouse hour and then go, I wanted him to do more voices. Well, there's a lot of fucking hacks. That's a, that's a professional term. Sorry. Uh, it's a little industry jargon, but there are plenty of fucking hacks who do impressions who have no comedy chops. They would love to have you as fans, not me, but you guys listening. That's the other thing. That's the safe space about doing a podcast like this. If you're listening to this, you know, I'm not talking about you. So it's really just like talking shit behind the back of terrible fans mm. and they'll never know. Yeah. So, um, and also my long anticipated special, which has come close to ruining my relationship and my life and my mental health. Uh, it's out August 25th, the album form. Now quick by quick way of intro, the album was recorded. It was supposed to be a special October, 2021. That, got horribly screwed up. You can hear the whole story on my special tall boy, which is free on YouTube. Um, we shot it again in May of 2022. That set will be the video special, but the album will be that first taping from October, 2021. Most of my friends and anybody who was there thinks who have seen me for five, 10 or all 20 years of my career, think it's the greatest set of my entire life. I tend to agree. And I think they're both, the material is like 30, 25 to 30 minutes different between the video version and the album version. So that comes out album version, August 25th. You can pre-order it now. I mean, depending on when this goes up, you can either pre-order it if you hear this before, or you can just get it now on your favorite listening service. Um, but it's called half blackface and it's, uh, it's fantastic. I'm very proud of it. So, uh, that's a reference to my biracial, heritage, in case you were wondering, in case you were wondering, is this Italian guy trying to get away with doing blackface? Because I'm not down with that because I'm a progressive who also accidentally downloaded this podcast. Now, um, before we get to the main topic, nice comedy, um, that almost sounds like I'm complimenting a woman, like instead of nice ass, it's like nice comedy. <laughs> I don't do that. Should I just make Maniscalco part of the show every week? Maybe not every week. We could mix them in okay. here and there, though. Okay. That's that's producer Mike's nice way of saying absolutely not. Um, but I was thinking, and this will be part of my, this will be, this will probably be part of my act by the time this episode's out. But uh, I was discussing with Mike before, there's a lot of controversy in the world about uh, trans sports, trans athletes. Only one way, though. We agree. Nobody's out there protesting the, the, the woman who has transitioned into a man and wants to play men's sports. Everybody is fine with that, probably because I, I don't think it's been an issue. Has it's, it? it has not been an issue. Um, but it's a big issue with the four or five uh, men who have transitioned into women and want to compete in sports. Mm. And uh, I've come up with a solution. And this is a real solution. It's, it's funny, but it's also a real solution because I'm a – people who know me in real life know that I'm a problem solver. 
And uh, my solution is simple. If you are a man and your true gender identity is that of a woman and that's how you want to express yourself and live your life and you want to identify and, and, and present as a, uh, as a woman, I'm all for it. I'm a good progressive like that. But you have to get huge fake breasts. That's it. I- <laughs> Problem solved. Because here's the thing. You get the fake breasts immediately. They it's almost like when you do when you do dips or pull ups in the gym and you put the belt on. Yeah, and you strap a plate there to mm-hmm. f- to show off how much stronger you are. Like I, my my own body weight isn't enough, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like saying I understand that I come, I bring to the game, um, you know, a little extra tea. So I'm gonna have a little extra titty <laughs> to offset the tea. See how that works? So now when you're swimming, it's like, God, these flotation devices are really like slowing me down. Playing basketball, playing any sport, it's going to be an impediment. Mm -hmm. So you do that. Progressives get to be happy still because they say, well, not only is this person identifying as the gender they choose and playing the sports they want to play, but they're also very uh, over-sexualized now. And I'm, as a good progressive, I am sex positive. So it's actually a double win for progressives. The double Ds lead to double wins. And and that's, by the way, the minimum size you can go with mm-hmm. just to be in, double D. in compliance. It has to be Double D is the smallest. Rack. Right. Yes. Smallest. Okay. Mosquito bites, we call them in the trans sports world. <laughs> um, you can go bigger. And that's more of a flex. Yeah. Obviously. Like you got to be some athlete to be able to compete with like right F cups. Yeah. You're 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 still winning the race with F cups. No, you're you're a legitimate champion now. Right. No controversy. Right. Um. So the progressives can be happy. Um. The angry MAGA type fathers who want their daughters to win too distracted by the huge tits. Yeah. And they're going well. They're you know what that's that seems fair and it's kind of pleasant to look at. I'm okay with this. Yeah. I'm okay. You just got to work hard, Betty Amber. If you want, if you want to be, um, you know, Tyrannosaurus Bex, you, you got to work harder because she's complying now. Um, I think it's, I think it's a clear solution to the problem. Uh, and I just, I, I like, I see, and, and obviously when your when your sports career is over, if you no longer want to have these huge breasts, take them out, you take them out. Yeah. Boom. Done. You know, that's it. You're like, like a, like a porn star who maybe has now found Jesus and wants to protest porn. You take those bad boys out. You, you throw on the crucifix. You, you scream about what a horrible industry it is. And, uh, you know, that's it. Yeah. So, okay. So that's obviously this is a show that's mostly about me complaining or about comedy or whatever, but I just thought it important uh, to sort of bring that up first, mm-hmm. you know, because we also want to be a podcast that solves problems. <laughs> we thought it was important <laughs> to bring it up first. <laughs> well, it's a divisive issue. <laughs> you know, one political party in this country is concerned with um, the poor and climate change and gun violence. Yes. And one political party is concerned with Hunter Biden's dick. Yeah. And, um, and country music yeah. and trans athletes. Yeah. 
So if we can take one of those issues off the table, maybe we get that much closer to solving something almost as important as high school trans athletes, climate change. So it was a philanthropic first nine minutes of the show. If you want... It's it's this is what I think. This is what people in Washington don't understand. We don't compromise anymore. Yeah. yeah and I love that. I, I'm a big fan of like saying we don't compromise anymore. Like, yes, Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks Jews have space lasers. Why can't we meet her in the middle? <laughs> Marin Morris, cue up the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought if I can do my part as a left of center person to sort of Hey, I'm going to solve one of your big cultural issues. Now you come to the table with me and say, hey, maybe a solar panel isn't so bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. But we're also dealing with a group of people who on social media constantly still tell me that I'm gay um, whenever Uh, like like I'm like, wow. 12, now don't get me wrong, 12 year old me in 1991 did that all the time yeah. as an insult. But I'm like, it's weird that you, you still have, you still think that carries weight and is like acceptable, like is an acceptable thing to say. I did it for longer than I would like to admit. No, but I, now get I it. regret it. <laughs> I regret now being, being 26 years old being that's so fucking gay, man. Okay. Well, I stopped when I was 20. Yeah. Well, you, you win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I got into like arguments with friends when I was 23 about the F word. Yeah. And I, what's funny is that I said that word all the time as a teenager. Yeah. Never said it. Well, no, you know what? I shouldn't even say I never said to a gay, but I said it about gay people, like be, not to someone's face, but I'm sure I said that guy's a, f- yeah. And it's disgusting. And then I matured and now I don't even, I won't even say it like a, like in context, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like the N word where I'm just like, I just don't like to hear it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm half black. Yeah. And I, 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 I can't say, you know, yeah. as I've joked in the past, I go, no, I could win a case for N word usage on the merits in yeah. court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, here's his father. Right. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. He is. He, he's a legacy admission <laughs> to N word Academy. <laughs> um, <but laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Making a note for an open mic. <laughs> Legacy N-word admission. Possible title if I wasn't going with something else. Mm. Um, we're doing that thing where I, I go you should. Of, what were you saying about nice comedy? <laughs> <laughs> it, did you have thoughts on that? <laughs> well, the, my, my point is I'm just trying to – solutions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Solutions is what we want and then maybe we can move on. No, the F-word. Um, it's it's a vulgar, disgusting word, and I hate when people try to validate it. But I don't judge people for having used it. Mm-hmm. It is a different time. It is di- we are in different times. Culture changes for the better. Yeah. But using slurs <laughs> against discriminated and sometimes murdered groups of people yeah. not okay. Yeah. And if you are becoming an adult and are like, "What do you mean? I don't mean it like that." It's like no, that argument held water in middle school yeah, thirty yeah. years ago, but not yeah. now. Anyway, guys. Fake tits, real athletes. That's what I'm calling the campaign. Right? I like it. I mean, it's good branding. Okay, let's go branding. (laughs) Uh, Guys, nice comedy. Schitt's Creek. Ted Lasso. Speaking of Schitt's Creek, Dan Levy, everybody, in the house. Oh, I know. Let him see it. Let him see it. Like, you are, but you know what you are, Mike? What? 
you are like a lot of women's fantasy come true. A rugged, Please explain that to me. A rugged, masculine version of Dan Levy, of a handsome gay guy they really like. Yeah, yeah, I could see. Yeah, right. Like, if they, like they, if they role play, they'd be like, yeah. "Could you just talk feminine yeah. right now?" Where that'll Rick really Owens help me skirt. <laughs> um. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shit's Creek, beneficiary of uh, the pandemic. I think it blew up during the pandemic because people are like, "What do yeah. we do?" Ted Lasso, uh, a wonderfully produced show, looks great, um, not particularly funny. And these are the these are the last three winners for best comedy uh, at the Emmys. Now, as you guys know, comedy is something I take very seriously. I know how ironic that sounds, but you know what I mean. Um, and to me, we are in an age now where comedy continues, almost mirroring our politics. Comedy continues to kind of diverge into two opposing camps. And often laughter is not as important a component to those two camps as it should be in terms of their qualifications for comedy. Schitt's Creek, not funny. Pleasant. (laughs) It's pleasant. It's a pleasant show. I watched it. Yeah. Um, I thought the best moments, and this is the thing, like if I say it's not that funny, it's like mild, it's like amusing and pleasant. And you know what? Sometimes that's okay. That's good enough. I'm not, this isn't even a critique of like, it's a piece of shit show, Yeah. but amusing and pleasant doesn't mean funny. And I thought the best moments on the show by far were the aforementioned Dan Levy's romance with his boyfriend in later seasons. I thought those were the most genuine, authentic, moving moments and they had nothing to do with comedy and but those were the moments where i was like wow that's that's really kind of uh, uplifting Mm -hmm. if you will and i couldn't believe they weren't dating in real life that's how believable they were but once again didn't laugh a lot during the six season run of schitt's creek ted lasso by season three i mean it's nominated for 21 emmys this this year even diehard fans of the show that I know were like tipping their cap to me like, well, Daniel, I really like the first couple seasons, but this season actually kind of sucked. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it did. 21 nominations because it's a nice show and Apple TV has a lot of money. And I'm seeing this a lot. I see this with political comedy. I see it with my own fans where it's like you y- – y- No, I don't want to veer into political comedy. We want to stick to nice comedy. Curb Your Enthusiasm is not nice comedy. That's not. It's never won the Emmy for Best Comedy. Has it been nominated? Several times. Yeah. If it loses to the – and now here's what I will say. And this is my counterpoint to all the people going, God, this guy, why does he hate Ted Lasso? Why does he hate – why does he hate people feeling good you know, the dummies are saying that right now, Mike. Those are the same people like the Bill Hicks bit where it's like, why is the Supreme Court saying I can't burn my flag? Mm-hmm. There's, oh no, the Supreme Court saying you got to burn the flag. <laughs> no, no, no. They're not saying you have to burn the flag. They're saying if you burn it, you don't go to jail. Right. Big difference. Right, right. This isn't me saying you can't like pleasant shows, but like, go watch The Office. Go watch Parks and Recreation. These are shows that had no problem being pleasant and uplifting and hilarious. 
Parks and Recreation never won. The Office won once, I think. But then you get down to these shows now where it's like I'm looking at the nominees now. The Bear, which isn't pleasant, but nor is it a comedy. No. So I just think – Is it nominated as a comedy? Yes. Really? Because it's 30 minutes, 30 to 35 minutes each episode. Yeah. Therefore, it's a comedy. That is wild. It's a great show. I can't believe that that's considered a comedy. Right. There's not a laugh. In, it's not meant to be funny. Transparent won Best Comedy. Its first season won Best Comedy right. like six or seven or eight years ago. Is the Amazon show? Yeah. Yeah, right. Not funny. Right. I mean like a drama with laughs isn't comedy. I think we're kind of past the days of the Frasers and 30 Rocks because Frasier for a while was like cleaning up at the Emmys, right? You don't yeah. like Frasier? I, I think maybe I was too young. Oh, JL, it's so fucking funny. Okay, it's good. so funny. No, no, but what I'm saying is like I watched it with my parents because, and by the way, this is another casualty of streaming. My family, we had forced family time. Nobody forced us, but we just yeah. watched the same shows. Right. Like it would be like Thursday night NBC was like, a communal gathering of sorts. Yeah. And Sunday night HBO. Frasier, I, I probably should revisit it because I think I was at that age where I was just like, this isn't really my best. Like, you did you watch it as it. an adult? Yes. Right. That's I watched the thing. It, I watched it. I watched it when I was like in the throes of doing comedy and I was like trying to elevate my writing game. I was just watching as it. It didn't comedy. work. Well, no shit. That's why I'm doing this. But <laughs> I was just trying to watch as much as possible. And right. I was like, well, Frasier, everybody says that Frasier is kind of like one of the great, you know, well-written shows. And I watched it and I was like, they're right. It's it's great. It's, it's, it's he is so funny in that show, man. Kelsey Grammer is there. The, the whole cast is great. The writing's fantastic. Kelsey Grammer is worth the, he's so good. Well, he won several Emmys. Yes. For, for deserved. Well-deserved. So I, funny. What I will say is that show that show doesn't get made today because no. Kelsey Grammer is a hardcore conservative yes. and that's not the audience for that show. Yeah. That's what's so funny. Like 30 years later for two different reasons that show because that show would either have to be Kelsey Grammer is an evangelical pastor in a woke liberal town. Yeah. Like that's what, and then it would get the conservative audience on its back instead of what it would be here, which is like, oh, Kel, I don't, I don't like this Kelsey Grammer shrink in Seattle show. Yeah. This isn't our. He doesn't understand our people. Yeah. Um, I may revisit Frasier because I have in my mind that it being like a high-minded, boring comedy. It's not. It, it is high-minded, but right. it's really, it's just like- But the, that's from like a 15-year-old perspective. The point of the show is that the joke is on them. That mm -hmm. they're like, they're these sort well, the of dad, like dandy- the dad, is the, the dad is sort of the working class- Yeah, normal like guy. guy. He's, yeah. he's, if they redid Frasier today, I'll tell you how Kelsey Grammer would play the dad. And yeah. you'd get two guys to play like, one's a transgender <laughs> something or other, yeah. possibly an athlete with yeah. big fake breasts. Right. And then the other one is like a, 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 a you know, woke blogger. Yeah. Then that you could appeal. Yeah. To, to, but, but then nobody on the left would watch it. It would be an act of like apostasy. Yeah. Be like, you're watching that. Yeah. Um, but Arrested Development yeah. is my favorite comedy of all time. It's great. Yeah. One of the least friendly, uh, nice comedies ever. Yeah. It's basically all these people are broken or despicable. Eastbound and Down is, mm -hmm. a, is a show I like to bring up as something that is so not nice and so vulgar. And no one who's watched East, Eastbound and Down thinks anything less than fucking hysterical. Uh, incredible. Incredible yeah. show. 
every time you watch a Danny McBride show, he's a great writer, man. But he's you're watching really a diluted version of yeah. Eastbound and Down. Like Eastbound yes. and Down is the pure, uncut, yeah, like highest form yes. of Danny McBride. It burns blue. stuff. Stephen Little, aka Stevie Janowski. Yep. If I ever get a show, this is a promise. You don't have to audition. There will be a part for you. You want it, it's yours. (laughs) I still consider Stevie Janowski one of my 10 favorite comedy performances. So funny. Never never a whiff of a nomination. Never a whiff. But you look at the nominees now. I'm going to pick a show that I like that has some laughs. Murders in the Building. Only Murders in the Building. Horrible title for a show. Steve, Steve, uh, Steve Martin, Mm -hmm. Martin Short, Short. one of my favorites, Martin Short. Mm -hmm. I'm no offense to Steve Martin. If the show was Martin Short in a one man show, I'd watch every week. I just, he's, I love Martin Short. Underrated talent. Yeah. Martin Short on Second City was on. You ever, you ever watched him on Second City? The, when he did Jerry Lewis and when he did, uh, he, he did, they did this great bit once where they, um, it was, uh, Jerry Lewis. Oh, Martin Scorsese. Time on this show. (laughs) Sorry, Martin Scorsese presents Jerry uh, Jerry Lewis on the Champs Elysees, (laughs) and it's him like in concert in France, being the. It's so funny, man. He he was so good on that shit. They did they did another one where he was Jerry Lewis, where he did Lewis sings Dylan, (laughs) and it was Jerry Lewis doing an album of Bob Dylan songs. So good. Yeah, Martin, Martin Short is just one of those guys that like I and, and another guy I'm going to mention, Billy Crystal. I'm yeah. a huge Billy Crystal fan. These are the guys that I view as night like yeah. they seem like nice people and they can do nice projects. But it's always funnier than that. Yeah, it's yeah. always funny, even if it's got heart or or kindness. And now it seems like we've taken this like lazy path to be like. It can be like a five out of 10 on the humor, but if it's nice and slickly produced and the nation's in the midst of a, of a deep national depression, they'll take it as good comedy. (laughs) But (laughs) only murders in the building is like pleasant. I like it. I like it. Like, like these are, you know, that's unlike Schitt's Creek. I kind of liked Ted Lasso. I never really liked. Yeah. Only murders in the building. I like because the cast is so strong, but it's not hugely funny. Yeah. Well, with Steve Martin specifically, it's funny to see what he's done kind of over the course of his career. Cause I actually watched the jerk not that long ago, mm-hmm. probably like a couple weeks ago. And it's, he wrote the jerk or co-wrote it, I guess with Rob Reiner. Right. And, um, it's so like by today's standards, offensive, mm-hmm. you know, but that is the core of what Steve Martin thinks is funny. He wrote right. that. Right. right. So now he's in a, he, these types of shows that are sort of like these only murders in the building type shows, which are don't have much teeth. And I know it, he's it older. It doesn't have but, to be mean. Right. I'm not, I'm not like when I say nice comedy, it's not that every comedy I watch has to be, you know, and that's, that brings me to the divide in comedy in general, which is like either you can speak about, you know, in stand up, it's getting to this point more and more. I know there's going to be some people out there who go, um, what about names eight comics? I'm saying, generally speaking, it seems like if you're not cruel, you're not funny. Right. If you're not edgy or cruel, you're, you're completely not worth anything. Like The Office would be an example of something that, no, no, great, all-time great comedy, not mean. Yeah. 
It doesn't have to be mean, but it's when you pick nice over funny that I have a problem. And only murders in the building is an example where I go better than the only, the, the other two. Have you seen the other two? No. Okay. The other two is the best comedy on TV right now. Really? HBO. It HBO, just ended right? its third. <clears throat> Max. Oh, my bad. It's, yeah, right. It's, Gotta get it right. It's the, it just ended its third season and it seems to be done. The other two arrived like a, like a, like a, like a savior for my comedy taste. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so funny. It's so irre- like, there's just one line from an episode that actually got nominated for the Emmy for best writing. It did not get nominated for any acting or, or for show, but it got nominated for best writing for the, uh, for the mental health telethon episode where like they're, they're thrilled because the, the younger brother who's like a Justin Bieber type may have mental health issues and they're all thrilled because that can be like platformed and monetized and branded. So they're (laughs) stoked. So they have a telethon for mental health that he'll host. They come back from break and he goes, or from a performance and he just goes, wow, John legend. Thank you. Another B plus. <laughs> I laughed so hard. That is good. So hard because it, yeah. in, in like 10 words, you know, brevity is the soul of wit. Yeah. They encapsulated anybody who's not like a fan, not a hater, but anybody who's just kind of take them or leave them yeah. on John Legend. It's fine. It is. They just yeah. wrote that for you. Yep. And it's such it ended and they say it's not going to continue because there were it was intended to be a three three season arc but also the apparently the two creators of the show very difficult uh to work with mm. from like staff yeah sure and what i said to that was there used to be a time in this country oh God. <laughs> Where you know what the reward is, you fucking made something Spoken great. Like a true diva, <laughs> you made something great. No, no, because this isn't. Yeah, I'm difficult. So what? What of it? <laughs> no, no, no. This is the. You aren't just making some fun sketches. Yeah. Or you have just made. One of the best comedy shows for three years yeah. on a major show. Like, I'm not saying there were no there were no sexual uh, 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 claims, yeah, sure. and no violence claims. And I come from like I'm going to use an example right now. When I was 15 at a basketball camp, I was molested. Just kidding. Oh I'm my sorry. god, what that was a di- what a, different. What a, camp. what a fucking uh, different. The, camp. the worm has turned. If I could get molested for. <laughs> basketball camp you can get yelled at for an emmy (laughs) emmy nominated show no my coach looked at me because i was not playing great defense Mm -hmm. and it was early in the week of the camp and he just walked up to me in front of the team and said you play defense you 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 remind me of the pussy i like (laughs) big and soft how old were you 15 okay and I took that to heart. And when my uncle came for the camp finals at the end of the week, which my team was in, mm-hmm. his comment after the game was, this was the best defense I've ever seen you play. So the lesson I took from that is sometimes a person in leadership can use different motivators to get you to do 
what will make you better and make the team better. Um, I don't know if there's anything someone could say on the set of the other two that would make me go, me. I don't know. I From the producer's side of things here, having worked with difficult talent before, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll just say it straight up. I mean, like when I worked with Imus, it was a nightmare. He was, he, I don't know. I didn't even really work with him that closely, but I mean, he was, he had such a bad reputation for, for uh, working with people that people were like happy when he died. They were, they were oh. like, great. Oh, yay. We're free. Fair enough. And I feel bad saying that, but it was just like, it was, Working with somebody that was that difficult and that ornery was just sort of, you know, if you had another option to get the fuck out of there, you would. Imus was like five days a week. Yeah. 40 weeks a year. Yeah. I mean, he was. Other two is like two months of your life. Get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because now the world just got a little less funnier and probably a lot nicer. Yeah. Um, but only murder is in the building. I'm still curious why Selena Gomez talks like that. Um, that if she wasn't famous, what a weird, like, imagine you were on a dating app and and you're like, oh, this woman's Selena dating. They got a date with this hot chick, Selena. And she walks in and you're like, oh my God, you, you look even better in person. She goes, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you speak? Thank you so much. I haven't noticed, but I mean, thank you. She's a bad talker. Uh, well, it's kind of just like, hi, <laughs> how are you? What's up? And it's like, how do you sing? Yeah. Can you just talk like you sing then? Because yeah. I can't imagine anybody's buying rap, uh, rap uh, your records. Yeah. With like, uh, anyway, guys, um, I probably haven't made a compelling case why I hate nice comedy yet. But I think we are in this, this realm where we are con- like Curb Your Enthusiasm, never won Best Comedy. This year's comedy nominees, like Modern Family, another example. See, that's why I'm saying I don't know if it was the pandemic that changed us, that made us more desperate to feel good. And now that's like a qualifier of comedy for a lot of people is does it make me feel good? doesn't make you laugh is still my definition of comedy and good comedy. Obviously bad comedy doesn't make you laugh except for Nick Cannon's special on Showtime like five years ago. I laughed so hard at that thing. It was the single worst comedy special I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And it took till a second viewing, which I did because I, I wanted to relive that experience. My girlfriend told me that, did you see the mic? It had a gun handle on the mic. Like, in other words, it was a weapon. <laughs> I didn't I didn't. It see was that. a weapon in his hands. <laughs> I didn't even notice that obvious prop because yeah. I was mesmerized by the awful comedy. He had one and we'll go to we'll go to break after this. Um, he had one moment in the because I do think I, I think I can allow if the pandemic is the reason we've made this transition. But unlike my fans who don't come to my shows. It's over. Let's get back to funny being the priority, not nice, not feel good. If you can combine the two, you get a show like Modern Family, you get a show like The Office, you get a show like Parks and Recreation. Everybody wins. But if it has to be between funny and nice to determine the best comedy, funny should win 100 out of 100 times. But what was the thing I was just saying when I interrupted myself? Classic JL? No, 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 I wasn't listening. Okay, perfect. Um, 
It was Modern Family. It was uh, <laughs> pandemic because I wanted to give that tip of the cap to people who were like, yeah, well, when, my, pan- when nine members of my family died during the pandemic, Ted Lasso made me feel like, yeah. okay. Right. Okay. Right. Exception to the rule. Yes. Fine. You know what? I'm never going to take Ted You've Lasso away from you. Yes. Yes. But um, we've, I just, we, let's go to break so I can collect my thoughts. I'm very frustrated right now with all this nice comedy. We'll be back soon to talk more about how most of you are ruining comedy in America. And we're back, folks. And uh, off mic, I was having an off mic. (laughs) It's a good one. That should be like your behind the scenes podcast about the studio. Off mic featuring Mike. Uh, That's enough out of you, though. Um, We were talking about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as another show that is not a nice comedy. It's actually, it's almost nice because it's so transparently mean that you're like, they're really nice. They're clearly nice because it's like all about being mean. Uh, they just had their like 900th season finale. Um, 16, I think. 16. Okay, Mike, thank you. It was was a little comedy device called exaggeration. Um, but it's a great show. I think the first 10 seasons of that show were like perfect. And then like, since then you get like an eight or 10 episode season and you got like four or five really good ones in my opinion. But the season finale that just ended Dennis and everybody should go watch this. It's available streaming somewhere. It, It goes by. I watched the first 10 seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia like seven years ago in like six weeks. And I wasn't even like the fat piece of shit I am now just sitting on a couch going content. I I could do it like, oh, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And it was so funny. The season finale that just went up for season 16, Dennis takes a mental health day. You watch that. Then watch an episode of Ted Lasso and, and tell me which one is better comedy. Um, now, we had a discussion off mic again with, uh, you know, Schitt's Creek. And I, I want to say, I do think after some evaluation during the break, I do think that the pandemic is probably a major influence in my complaint here. And, I, and you have to allow for some space there. Um, this almost sounds like I'm going to go into the Dennis jokes from, from the last episode. It's right. Um, self-care. Yeah. You have to allow for some national self-care, a me day. Um, but that, you know, so I get the role that nice shows have to play, but I feel like the, what's, what's the role, like not ombudsman or public editor, maybe public editor for a paper where it's like, we review what our paper is doing to make Mm. sure they're doing a good job. Whatever the role is, I think it's public editor. I feel like when it comes to comedy, though, somebody has to be on guard for like, yeah, but let's not forget what comedy is just because you're having a bad day. You know, sometimes chicken soup is what you need. Are you putting your hat into the ring to be this arbiter of I am, as the kids would say. I am him. (laughs) 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 Um, Yes, of course I am. Because I stay, you need me on that wall, Aaron Sorkin. You, but it is like, this is the one thing I've been like, I've built my career around. Forget being a successful comedian. That ship has sailed. Even though it seems to have 
come back like four or five times in my yeah. career to check in with me. <laughs> yeah. And then I go, I'll get on. And I go, sorry, we're leaving again. <laughs> <laughs> Literally missing the boat. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. This, this time. No, for real. I'll I do packed it. all my bags. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in five <laughs> national publications right now written up. I have, I have 10 million views this month on social media. No, no. Okay. Catch you next time. Yeah. Next time the meteor strikes, but I have sort of for about 15 years been kind of on my website and stuff. I know to a small group, but like there was a time where my blogs got more visibility. Like my Louis CK video from 10 years ago is a good example of like me kind of checking the comedy world a little bit. Somebody has to sometimes because comedy, this is now stand-up comedy, a, a brief chat about stand-up comedy is dividing more and more along political lines. Like you're either like not woke, which means you shit on things, even if it's not that funny, but you're, you're vicious and you are like sort of just flaunting the first amendment and cruelty as like proof that you're a real comedian. And on the other side, you're having more and more comics who just kind of pander and give you like kind of generic garbage that would have been called hack if comedy had stayed a more insular artistic community, but now it's so diffuse and widespread, you see hack stuff everywhere and nobody really knows their, their comedy history or their, their, their real comedy as much. So they don't know that something's been done 20 times or is hack or this or that, whatever. That's, that's the stand-up comedy world, but it's a very protect self-protective group of people at the same time. They believe that it should be, you can make fun of everything. Don't you ever tell me I can't make fun of X, Y, or Z. And then you make fun of Dave Chappelle or Louis C.K. Right. And it's like, how dare you yeah. burn him at the stake? He has insulted our deity and that's not okay. But uh, kids with cancer, fuck them, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't you tell me I can't make fun of that. What did you say? Did you say Chappelle is, is too, doing too much lecturing on trans issues? Who the fuck are you? How many Grammys have you won? Fuck you. Fuck you. How dare you insult that? man who doesn't give a shit about me who's worth a hundred million dollars eat the More rich except for except for rich comedians they should <laughs> they should live um but always sunny in philadelphia is a great example yeah. of another great show but pre-pandemic office parks and recreations modern family those are just some of the shows i can think of that were nice and hilarious but now that it seems this kind of split again where it's like you're either like a twisted mean show like a oh there's they're not too friendly. Is that what humor is now? Or you're like a pleasant show that like broad audiences can watch and, and sort of take in and go, that was fun. And if the pandemic changed us as a nation, so be it. Then I guess we're fucking pussies, bro. But we got to get back a little bit. We got to get back a little bit to, to comedy doesn't have to be mean, but it's got to be funny. I think that's that that's my philosophy. It can be mean. It can be nice. But what it can't be is unfunny. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think we have a lot of nice stuff out there. And we don't know what to, comedy has become this much like stand up comedy has become comedy clubs are now veering into like just being event spaces for influencers and famous people and people who've done something humorous in their life or entertaining, you know, a real housewife, a wrestler are just as likely to be at your stand-up comedy club as me. More likely, in fact. Got to talk to my agent hotmail.com about that. I'm getting a lot of getting a lot of emails from the Mailer Damon Association. Um, but 
comedy as far as TV shows and the Emmys in particular is becoming sort of this dumping ground for, we don't know what to do with this show, but it's 40 minutes. There's some laughs. Let's call it a comedy. Barry, really good show. Although I thought the last season fell apart a little bit. There's a lot of humor there, but it kind of morphed a little bit. And you could have just as easy, like, I don't even know. Maybe there needs to be a third category. Non-binary. Well, We're bringing it all it's so, together. It's so funny because I uh, now you got me thinking. Uh, my my The last writing class I took, my writing teacher loved Barry. And this was before it kind of became a little darker. Mm-hmm. Um, What's up, Barry? Yeah. He, Do you watch Barry? No. I watched the I, I watched the episode he made us watch, which okay. was like the the pilot, like the first couple episodes. And okay. I, I thought it was fine. Like, I didn't think it was bad, but he he loved Barry. And he used that as like one of the models to help us um, like learn. And the first day of class, I remember him telling us that the way the, way the industry was now mm-hmm. and the way people write, there are sort of two categories for comedy. There was there's like an actual comedy. And then he he called them not funny comedies. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, girls is a not funny comedy. <laughs> he was like, it's a comedy, but it's not really like there's not a lot of laughs in it. <laughs> and I remember him say, I literally I was still doing stand up at the time. And I remember him saying that. And I was just like, I was like, this is a professional in the industry who is saying this for if the first this- time. This is a guy he wrote for like, remember, Are You Afraid of the Dark? The kids show on Nick uh, Nickelodeon. No, it was like adult Nickelodeon, but he was like the like the showrunner. Nickelodeon, yeah, Nickelodeon. (laughs) But this guy was just like, this is there are shows that are comedies that aren't funny now. That's I mean, if if you're and it wasn't shade, he was it's categorizing it. That's facts. Yes, it was as the kids would say. yeah, Yeah, no, it's. But it is shade a little bit. But it wasn't. He but wasn't doing right, what you're right. doing, where he's just like, <laughs> he's like, these shows suck. No, he, he was but, just like, this is a version of television. Now. No, but I think I think there it's not shade because he's not wrong, because right. you can write a show, write the show you want to write. Right. They and wrote a show. People make that was good show. Right. right. People make good shows that are hard to qualify or quantify. But I feel like nobody's fucking with drama. You right. notice that? Like. Nobody goes, The Last of Us is a drama. Right. No, it's like, of course it is. It's fucking right. serious shit. The show's serious. Yeah. Um, whereas comedy has become just like comedy clubs. Right. I always eventually, did you see how I brought it to non-binary? Like, the, the, I'm sorry to be <laughs> what so- What a talent. Op- sorry to be Oppenheimer <laughs> here and seeing the whole board. Yeah. Okay. But it's, why does comedy have to be the fucking dumping ground for every- miscellaneous show. I think it's just as important and valid as drama to be respected as no comedy. If you want to nominate something that's a not funny comedy, fine. I want the funny comedy to win. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? And it doesn't, it's like we've gotten to this place and now the whole comedy, I mean the bear for Christ's sake, right? It's just like a, we don't know what to do with this. We're putting Comedy is not a vocational school. You dump the shows right. that you don't think have a prestigious Ivy League drama path ahead yeah. of them. Well, and it, it's a bit insulting to the bear to think that that can't compete with whatever other drama. I mean, the bear is one of the better things I've seen. Why didn't they in, just and the Emmys should have been like, you're a drama. Right. It's, well, that's we'll, exactly right. You have, it to, should. you have to put yourself in the drama. But they've right. come up with this like 30 minutes is a comedy. Well, then on the flip side of that, you have The Sopranos, which obviously is one of the great TV shows of all time and is very much drama. It's funnier than so many shows on television. But nobody would ever you know? think to make that to, a comedy, to suggest right. that's a comedy. Right. And 
yeah, that's what sort of, I guess, pisses me off about this whole thing. So um, maybe there needs to be a third category, yeah. you know, for, for the shows that are dramas but want to identify as comedies. You give them big tits and you put them into a third category. Um, and then JL doesn't complain, which should be the goal of every organization and yeah. person in this country. JL but it's just, happy. yeah, you just, in summary, I think you just have to basically, comedy deserves more respect, whether it's clubs or 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 TV shows, that being funny should still matter. I get it. If you're not a good show and you're funny, that's one thing. But if you're a good show and you're funny, that should matter more in comedy than like the best show nominated for comedy shouldn't be the least funny one that wins. And the bear is probably going to win. And it's like, I laugh like once or twice an episode. Right. It's not really what the show is about. Though. Right. It's, it's just, it's a drama with, right. with humor. Right. It's a dra- It's, it's much closer to the tone of the Sopranos. And the other two, which I highly recommend, Chase Gets Baptized in season two, one of my favorite episodes of comedy ever. Um, The other two is a laugh fucking riot and well done. And from a major platform, Max, and nothing like a writing and no recognition beyond that. And it's the it's funnier than every show nominated for comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think as much as I seem like I'm picking on people's tastes, which of course I'm doing because it's fun, but in all seriousness, as somebody who likes comedy, who performs comedy, who writes comedy, laughter has to be central to a comedy. It can no, you can't make laughter. It's like your cell phone. Don't make laughter the phone app of your smartphone. Like in other words, yeah, I'm okay if this is just texts and social media mm-hmm. and like nine calls a month, but it shouldn't carry the same way for laughter becoming like a feature a not often used feature of comedy. Yeah. So I think that's, that's it. We got one more break and I'm going to make my comedy, my, my comedy punch down of the week and my comedy special review of the week. Be back. All right, guys, we're back. And uh, before I get to the, my review and my punch down of the week, I just got an alert on my phone. This will date this podcast, obviously, but I just got an alert on my phone that Sinead O'Connor has passed away at age 56. Um, and I felt a little sad. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, special of the week. Should we do that again? No, I'll leave it. It's up to you. I'll leave that out. <laughs> I'll leave that. It's called Sanid, Sanid O'Connor, Sanid, yeah. <laughs> Look at Sanid, look at that bald Sanid. 56, though, that's young. Yeah. Jesus, I'm 40 fucking four. Yeah. It's coming for us. Not you, it's coming for me. You never know. Yeah, but I'm a giant and I'm miserable <laughs> and I'm older than you. It's, okay. <sighs> and we're back. To rain on your parade, and this is our uh, our final segment. First, we start with the punchdown of the week. Now, I forgot this on episode two, so that's my fault. Obviously, learning. We're getting a groove. We're learning. Um, we're 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 special ed here. We're still in the special ed phase. Um, but the punchdown of the week is the you, you the idea is to pick like a tweet where some fan or follower tries to like one up a joke 
that I have. And there's a fly in here in case you didn't see that. I'm doing my Mike Pence you have impression. have to focus. What? <laughs> you have to oh, focus. Oh, I didn't know if the fly was like get caught on the camera. So I, I didn't want to like not mention it. I thought you just saw the fly and were Oh, no, like, the fly like went right by my face. Oh, okay. So I thought it would be like on camera. Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. I didn't okay. notice. Start again. Let's go. All right. And he's like just talking to you. Okay. All right, everybody, we're back for the final segment of the show. It's a two-parter. It's comedy-focused. But uh, last week in episode two, I forgot to do Punchdown of the Week, the idea of Punchdown of the Week being when a hugely funny fan or follower decides that my great crafted joke is missing that little ingredient that only they can provide with their egg-shaped profile pic. And I had one for week one. I, did, I forgot it for week two, but for week three, it's a special one because I have another podcast. I normally don't like to promote competing products, but it is me. Um, it's called Making Podcasts Great Again. It's been going for five plus years, uh, well over a million downloads, pretty successful show. And uh, it's my show where I play Trump for the week, you know, recapping the week's news. And it's, it's done very well for me. And um, we decided in part because I just lost my job, but also for other reasons. We were going to move the show after five years, the entire show, behind our Patreon wall. But for the regular episodes, the weekly episodes, we were going to make it $1 or $10 for a year. So that's two free months if you sign up for a year. That's called a deal in this business, Mike. (laughs) And predictably, the comments flooded in the next day with – not even mean or bitter. At least the tone was not bitter. You know, you're expecting a few guys to go, well, it was good while it lasted. Bye, bro. Too much free content out there. Because the show is very, much like this show, the Trump show is even more singular. I don't know if you can find another show with a comedian talking about stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But I already told, I've warned you guys repeatedly. I have warned you guys repeatedly. We're going to have bro entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. That's it. Trademark it. Trademark it. We're going to have entrepreneurs on this show. Muscled up suits, jewelry, watches, tight high water pants telling you how you can be a winner. And we're going to have porn stars in here giving you all the secrets. We, we, this is coming. Like the, You're going to get the hot podcast content that only 30,000 other people are providing. But for now, uh, you get me on this one. And on Trump, it's a very unique and great podcast for a dollar a week. I mean, a dollar a month or $10 for a year. The comments, well, it was nice while it lasted. Sad. Um, Sad. Thanks. It's been a great run. Well, I'm not quitting. No, I know. But. No, no, but I'm saying when they say it's been a great run, oh. I go, no, no, I'm still running. It's right. not a great run for you because you're too broke to afford a dollar a month. Right. So it hasn't been a good run for you. And apparently the the good times are continuing to not roll for you, person who $1 a month is a barrier to entertainment joy. Um, so I give them the collective punch down of the week. Just that that idea of I come from a time where if I couldn't afford a dollar a month for something I liked – you know who I was going to tell? No one. <laughs> because I don't want anybody to know that I'm so fucking broke yeah. that a dollar a month might end me. Yeah. Um, and I get it. Total recreational purchase. You know? You're making a, a choice, though. I think a pack saying, of gum is a dollar. Uh, uh, these I, think days? A, I think a pack of gum is more than a dollar. Okay. 
So basically what you're telling me is you are either sober. First of all, congratulations. I assume you're using a library internet connection. Right. Because you clearly can't afford the internet. Right. Um, you're letting me know I'm worth less a month, you know, than a pack of gum. Yeah. So thank you. You all get the punch down. But that's going to be a fun update, Mike, when I come in and say, hey, we have 3,500 <laughs> listeners. Guess how many? $7. $3.50 when I split it with my co-host. I'm three fifty dollars richer. I can now buy that pack of gum we were referencing earlier. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Delicious. Punch down of the week to my most impoverished fans. Yeah. Uh, it's more like kicking you while you're down punch down of the week, but hopefully you get on your feet soon and, uh, get out of that cardboard box and learn how to join Patreon. Uh, special I watched very recently yesterday, Jim Gaffigan, his 10th special, it's called dark pale and it's on Amazon prime. I'm a fan of Jim Gaffigan. His specials wait, modulate from, outstanding to amusing for me. And I've seen several that I've absolutely loved. This one's next level. If you are a Jim Gaffigan fan, be prepared to get taken to a level. And it's inspiring to me because at 57, he's rich. He's a well-known brand, a well-known commodity. He could just keep pumping out like I'm just doing, giving them more Jim Gaffigan and millions of people will buy it, watch it, etc. But Speaking of the pandemic changing people, unlike us who collectively got softer as a nation, Jim Gaffigan got harder. <laughs> he got harder. His special is the darkest shit he's done. It's still the same tone. It's still clearly, it's not like he's writing more vulgar jokes or like doing something different. You're listening, but you're going, but the material is more contemplative and darker. And I think he admits that like, Something about the pandemic and death and things, it changed his perspective on a lot of stuff. And it's so, on its own, it's a great special. But the next level for me is seeing a veteran comic who has nothing to prove still changing his game a little bit. You know, this is like a veteran NBA guard adding like a post-up game. You're like, I'm not as fast or as explosive as I used to be. Now I'm adding a little potent. Now all of a sudden I'm getting 12 a game extra from, from a different set of moves. Um, so it's a hilarious special on its own. But for any comic who watches this, to see a guy who's done it all, achieved everything you could want as a comedian, organically changing. Like, I don't think this was like he sat down and said, I need to be edgier. I think it happened and he embraced it and he didn't fight it. I think some people might fight and go, well, my brand is happy food family guy. He just said, no, this is, this is what's in my head now. This is what I feel like doing. He does it. I think it's the best thing I've ever seen him do. Um, and that's inspiring. That's it's fun to watch, but it's also really inspiring. So um, from one legend with 10 albums as of August 25th, Pre-order it now, Half Blackface. That'll be number 10 for this guy. Eight stand-up albums, two Trump albums. So 10-album game recognizing 10-special game, Jim Gaffigan. Good work. Great to see. Everybody, have a nice week. Thank you for listening to Rain on Your Parade. I will see you next Tuesday, even though I don't think these album these episodes are coming out on Tuesdays. That was my old tagline, and, that, and I'm keeping it from... 
from my old days of the righteous prick. So that's our one holdover. So when historians say, why does he say see you next Tuesday at the end of his massive hit podcast? It doesn't make sense. It comes out on Fridays. Well, you got to understand before he did rain on your parade and became a juggernaut. Yeah. He was just a, he was just grinding it out, releasing episodes on Tuesdays. <laughs> oh, okay. I get it now. Thank you. Have a good week, everybody.